All right, it's time to get into God's word, okay? It's great to have fun. It's great to have fun as Christians. Christians can have, I think Christians can have more fun than anyone, right? Because God made us a certain way, and he designed us to enjoy certain things. And though we have been corrupted by the fall and and enjoy things that we shouldn't enjoy, when, when we live in alignment with God's word, we can enjoy life in just an incredible way. So Christians can have a ton of fun. I'm glad we can have a ton of fun, but we also have to buckle down and, and focus on some really serious things. So the first three nights I've been with you, I've, I've been explaining to you how Jesus won our victory, how the victory was won in Jesus, and how you can be a part of that victory, right? We're all under the curse. We talked about that. We have a cup of wrath that we've earned because of our sin, but Jesus drank that cup of wrath. He became a curse for us so that we could receive his blessing. You know his blessing is heaven, right? And you know righteousness, that's perfection. Maybe I didn't make that clear enough. Righteousness is perfection, and we can have perfection, not because we're perfect, but because Jesus is perfect. And so now let's look at some real-life people, okay? We're going to look at the apostle Peter. And Peter, you know, this great figure in the church, right? Peter did some awesome and wonderful things. We all know, right, we've at least heard... Peter is a very popular name, so we've at least heard of a Peter. And they're all named after this Peter. Very popular guy. Very important Christian. But let's, let's learn about where he came from. Okay, so I'm just going to read from you really quick. This is at the end of Jesus' life from John 13. And Jesus is eating the last supper with his disciples. This is the last time he's going to eat with his disciples. And Simon Peter, we're going to go back a little bit more, but Right here, we're going to start with this. Simon Peter, he was the leader of these guys, of Jesus' 12 disciples. He was kind of the, the leader, right? There's probably someone in your cabin who, who's just like, maybe you don't know it, but the other kids kind of look up to him. And he just kind of takes the lead. He kind of sets the agenda of what's going to happen. This was Peter. These, these other 11 guys, they kind of looked up to Peter. They argued with him. They squabbled with him, but Peter was the leader. And this is what Peter said to Jesus, because Jesus is like, hey, you know, you know, I'm not going to be with you always. And Simon Peter says to him, Lord, where are, you, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can we not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. The rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Peter is going to fail, and we're going to take a look at that. We're going to see Peter go from failure to steadfast, from failure to steadfast. So why don't we go ahead and read our theme verse all right, hopefully by this point, you could just say it. You don't even have to look at the screen. You can just say it because you have it memorized, all right? Here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. All right. Here we go. Let's look at Peter. What can we learn from Peter? Who was he? 
It's important in understanding someone. Let's just like, where do they come from? Well, Peter, he was a simple man. He was a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't a, a learned guy. He wasn't someone who, who went to a lot of schooling, okay? There were some people, like the Apostle Paul. We're going to talk about the Apostle Paul tomorrow. He did all sorts of schooling. He had the best teachers. Peter wasn't like that. I mean, he did have the best teacher. It was Jesus. But growing up, he didn't have all the best teachers. He was like, you know what? I know what I'm going to do. Just like my father before me, I'm going to be a fisherman. And I'm going to earn, earn my living working hard with my hands. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was also a disciple. Peter was a disciple of Jesus, right? So Peter is living his life, doing his thing, just like thousands and, and really millions of people have done before and after him, just living their life, trying to get, get by, make enough money for himself and his family. We, we read later on that Peter has a wife. We don't know if he has children. He's just trying to make a living, He's just trying to fish away, fish away. Just hope he catches enough fish to provide for his family. And then along comes this teacher one day, right? This teacher, we know who it is, it's Jesus. And Jesus says to him, what? Follow me, right? Follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And so off Peter goes, he goes, he leaves his equipment, his expensive equipment. Are there any tradesmen here? Any tradesmen? Some? Are your dad's tradesmen? All right. And then you counselor are tradesmen, all right. Well, this illustration won't work as well. A tradesman has invested a lot of money in his tools, okay? A lot of money, thousands of dollars oftentimes, Okay? And that's why they lock them up so well. They lock them up in their trailers. They lock them up in their trucks. They don't want them to get stolen. They don't want them to get wrecked. They don't want them to get ruined. That's why I'm very careful about lending out my tools. They just don't come back. And if they come back, they might come back broken. Yet Peter was willing to just, you know what? I don't need my nets. I don't need my boat. All this stuff that I've lived my whole life focusing on, Jesus comes along and he says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And for whatever reason, I believe the Spirit of God. Peter was just said, you know what? I'm going to leave it all behind. I'm going to follow after Jesus. He, he was going to be a disciple. And what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? I'm going to, I'm going to get a bunch of responses, so I'll just answer it for you, all right? To be a disciple is just to be like your teacher. You want to be like your teacher. So it's more so than just learning things from this teacher. You want to be like that person. You want to watch them day in, day out. Look at what they do. And you start to become like them. That's what Peter was going to be, along with the 11 other disciples. And he follows after Jesus. And this is the sort of guy Peter was. Peter was like that guy, when I ask a question... Or when a, when a teacher asks a question in the class, you know that guy, he, he's ready to answer that question. He, he pops his hand up. Right or wrong, he's going to answer it. He's going to blurt it out. And sometimes he's right, and sometimes he's wrong. You know, as a teacher, I like those kids. The ones that aren't afraid to be wrong. <laughs> They're fun. They're fun. Sometimes you get some funny answers. Peter was like this. You see, after after. 
a period of time in Jesus' ministry, he had shown who he was in his miracles. He had shown who he was in his teaching. He was sh- and, and so he asked his disciples one day, who do people say that I am? And his disciples, they respond, some say you are a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. Some, you know, they just had different answer. And Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, and young men, that question, who do you say that I am? There's no greater question and no greater answer than you could ever have. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he just a man? Is he just a good man? Is he just a prophet? And this was Peter's response. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was like, boom, in that moment, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the one who's going to save Israel. And Jesus is like, you got it, Peter. You got it. So in this moment, Peter, this disciple Peter, he's a success. He's on cloud nine. How many of you have like guessed at an answer and you get it right and you're excited? Yeah, right, you're excited. Well, Peter's excitement wasn't going to last for very long. Because then immediately after Jesus says, and you know what? I'm the Christ and I'm going to go die for the sins of my people. And and Peter says, never, never, Lord. We're going to defend you. We're going to protect you. That'll never happen to you. We We can outsmart these guys. And Jesus says to him, right after he's saying, like, you got the answer right. The Spirit of God revealed the right answer to you, Peter. Right after he says that, to the next question, Peter gets it so wrong. He says, get behind me, Satan. He calls him Satan. This is Peter. This is who Peter was. From the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, this was Peter. And then we get to the end of Jesus' ministry, right? Right? And that's where we already read in John chapter 13. And we'll read it again. We'll read it again. It says this. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. See, at this point, Peter doesn't know what he's in for. He has no clue. Same thing with the rest of the disciples. They had no clue what they're in for. Young boys, some of you have said yes to Jesus. Some of you are believers in Jesus Christ. You have no idea where God's going to take you. You think you do? You have no idea. Are you going to be steadfast? See, everything I've talked to you about the victory we have in Christ, right? That should make you say, wow, I want that. I will do anything for that. I will do anything for the one who would do such amazing things for me. I I would do anything. Peter's at this point where he thinks he will do anything. He thinks he will do anything for Jesus. And this was Jesus' response to him. You're not ready. You're not ready now, but you will be. And something's going to happen that's going to change your thinking. It's going to change everything about you. It's going to change everything about you. Peter said to him, Lord, I will follow you now. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, 
The rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Jesus said a lot of things that were hard to understand. I'm sure this was probably one of them that in the moment the disciples were like, what is he talking about? Does he mean like the rooster tonight? Does rooster mean something? Yeah, that's what he meant. Because Jesus was going to go to the garden. He was going to pray in the garden. And then Judas, the, the, one of his disciples, is going to betray him to his enemies. And he's arrested. He's arrested and they take him. And they put him on trial. And all of the disciples, they scatter. They scatter to the four winds. But Peter, he doubles back. And he follows along behind the crowd. And he follows to the trial. He's like, I'm just going to sneak in. I'm going to blend in with the crowd and just see what happens to Jesus. And then a girl comes up to him. She says, I recognize you. I recognize you. You look like someone who is with Jesus. You're one of his disciples. And Peter's terrified in this moment. A little girl. Where hours before he said, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to die with you, Jesus. This little girl is enough to scare him away. She says, you are one of his disciples. He says, I am not. I don't know what you're talking about. And he denies Jesus three times. And then he looks at Jesus, right, from a distance. I don't know how it was. I don't know. It was, like, was it like this where all the guys were judging Jesus in the front and maybe Peter was in the back with the servants? And Jesus up there, silent as a lamb, He's not answering his accusers. Does he look back at Jesus? Does Jesus look back at Peter and make eye contact after Peter has denied him the third time? Does he give him a nod? Like I know. Does a tear roll down his cheek? Whatever it was, Peter went out and he wept. This fisherman, this strong, muscled guy, the one who was willing to go to the death. No, he wasn't ready. What could happen to Peter to make him steadfast? I'll tell you the end of the story. Jesus raises from the dead, right? They, they try him, they put him on the cross. Jesus raises, raises from the dead. We're going to fast forward a bit, right? For three days, he's in the ground. And his disciples are wondering, like, is this it? Is this it? What's going on here? We thought Jesus was the Christ. He said it himself. He did all these miracles. Is this it? Some of you are going to have this experience at camp. Camp is an amazing place. And you're here and you're learning all sorts of things about God. Some of these things you've never heard before. You, you've probably heard the name Jesus, but you had no idea about what he did for us. Hopefully, hopefully you've learned some of that. But then you're going to go home and the everyday... Life is going to kick in and you're just going to like, well, that was fun at camp. Maybe we'll do it again next year. But then you're just going to go back to living your same old life. That's what Peter wanted to do. He's like, I'm going fishing. I don't know what. Did a friend keep his equipment? I don't know. Did he have to go borrow some, buy some, whatever? He's like, I'm, going to, I'm just going to go back to my old life. I'm just going to live life the way I've always lived it. And yet, eventually, Peter was going to change the world. How could we go from someone who denies the Lord and then just like, all right, I'm going back to my old life, to someone who's going to change the world, someone who is steadfast? Because right? that's what we're learning about all week. 
Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's look at this. Peter. Peter sees Jesus. He sees his resurrected Lord. He sees Jesus for who he is, finally. Finally, he sees Jesus. And Jesus is going to restore him. We we see this in John 21. John chapter 21 says this. So Peter has gone fishing again, and then Jesus meets him out on the lake. And when he sees Jesus, he runs. He jumps out of the boat. He's so excited. And he goes and talks to Jesus. And he has breakfast with him. In verse 15 of John 21, he says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, Feed my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He's going to do it a third time. Right? How many of you, when, when you're like, your mom asks you a question and you answer it, and then she asks you again the same question, like, Mom, something's wrong here, right? You don't, you don't trust me. Right? Like, who broke this? Something like that. Who ate all the cookies? Something like that, right? You don't trust me. Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, another will dress you and carry you where you want, do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to Peter, to Peter, follow me. And we're going to see Peter, if, if we keep reading, I don't have, I don't have time to, to tell you all the amazing things God is going to do through Peter. God wants to do amazing things through us, but we, we can't do amazing things unless first we understand who Jesus is and what he's done. We might think we can, but we can't. Peter thought he could, but it took God opening his eyes and showing him his resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ, to turn Peter into someone who would turn the world upside down. You know, I'm confident. I'm confident that there's young men here in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You're going to be the ones preaching from this spot to a new group of junior boys. Some of you are going to be contenders, right? Ministering to others. Some of you are going to be so far away from the Lord, you won't even care one little bit about him. That's just the reality. Some of you won't care one bit about Jesus. You think you do now. You think you're ready. You think you understand who Jesus is, but you have no clue. It takes us understanding who Jesus is and what he has done for us, and it will change everything. I'm going to end with this. When I was your age, I would look up to people. I would look up to the contenders. 
My older brother was a contender. A lot of the coolest people I knew were contenders. Chad DeClean back there was a contender. Man, they were so cool. I thought, these guys are the epitome of coolness. I want to be just like them. And now that I'm 30 years old, I look back, and contenders, you're great. You know, you're great, but God has a lot to do in, in you, just like he had to do in me, right, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. They're a great example for you, but that's not who you're looking to be. I hope me and, and the many other pastors and counselors who are here are great people for you to look up and say, I want to be like that. And I hope I'm steadfast. I hope I'm an example of someone who is steadfast, immovable, because I know who my Lord is. But there's another group of people you should look at. And as I was going around camp this week, I'm thinking about it. And I see, I see some guys back there. Can I get some of my older volunteers to stand up? Eldon, my gentleman back here, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be seen. But those guys have served the Lord. They've probably made many mistakes and they could tell you about them. But they're here serving the Lord. Many men their age, they retire and they say, you know what, that's for a different generation. It's easy for us to look up at the cool guys, the guys who look cool, right? The athletes, the movie stars, and say, I want to be like that. Young men, these guys who say, I'm not done serving the Lord. I'll never be done serving the Lord to the day I die. Those guys are steadfast. And even they would say, don't look at them. Don't look at them. You look to Jesus. Because Peter, this failure, church history tells us that when he was old, when he was old, persecution finally caught up with him and they arrested him for following and preaching Jesus. And they crucified him. And church history tells us that they said, don't crucify me the regular way. Crucify me upside down. He was steadfast. I'm not worthy to be like my Lord. I'm not worthy to be killed in the same way as my Lord. He was steadfast to the end. And what was it that took Peter from this, this guy who was willing to be afraid of this little girl to someone who was willing to say, drive nails through my hands and my feet. It's okay. And do it while I'm hanging upside down. And the answer is this. He knew who Jesus was. He knew who his Lord was. And he knew that he was going to spend forever with him. And so it was all, it was all worth it. So tonight, let's quote our verse again. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Peter's labor was not in vain. It was worth it. Young men, living for God is worth it. Old men, we're, living for God is worth it. You know that already. 
Our labor is not in vain. And so tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, guys, we've had a great week of camp. We're not done yet. Your counselor cares about you. Your counselor loves you. Go ahead, just put your heads down. Listen to me. They love you. They wouldn't take time out of their year if they didn't. So I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God, God, do I know you? Do I know who you truly are? Are you truly my Lord? Are you truly my Savior? 